I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DK Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DK Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today, those people who know the places best actually don't necessarily know those places yet. <laughs> so we've got yes. this podcast all wrong, Lucy. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, listener, it's a special episode today because we haven't done one of these in a while. We are bringing in the DKI Witness team yeah. to share some of our summer travel plans and 2023 travel plans, which is all yeah. very, very exciting. So whereas we won't have been to those places yet, they are still experts. Yes, <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah, we love these episodes. We love getting the team on and chatting to them. Absolutely. And we've got some new voices this time as well we Lucy do. there's been a yes. bit a couple of change arounds in the team and loads of like new blood coming in yeah which is really exciting and they've got loads of exciting ideas and places they're going so I'm delighted there are three newbies all yes. coming on the podcast today yep three newbies and Rachel who you've and all heard before <laughs> the pro that is Rachel Laidler exactly yeah, absolutely so <laughs> yeah listener you're in for a real treat today but first Lucy any holidays planned this year? I mean, you've already been to Italy, right? I've so. been to Italy and I've been just, I've just literally come back from Scotland. So yes. I um, I don't really have anything incredibly, ex- no, that's not true. I don't have anything too adventurous planned. Mm. Um, I'm actually looking forward to having summer in London. I think yeah. London in summer is it at its best. The city really comes to life. The parks fill out, all the beer gardens fill out. So I'm really looking forward to spending the summer in London. But I think towards the end of the summer in early autumn, I'm hoping to go to Devon. Mm. That's my mum's side of the family all from. I'm going to go and spend some time with um, Silver Spice. Oh, yes. My sort of 91 or two year old grandma, born and bred Plymouth. Um, in fact, all of my mum's side, as far as we know, are from Plymouth. So I'm planning to go with my partner and see Silver Spice and just do lots of like wholesome. Yeah, it's like um, we'll be having cream teas. There's a gin yes. distillery. We'll go to the gin. We'll go on to Dartmoor for walks. It will yep. just be really lovely and to spend some time with her, which I'm 
just hugely looking forward to no oh, well uh love to silver spice hope she's listening yeah me too do you know i wouldn't be surprised she's a pretty cool lady um, oh yeah yeah i know <laughs> pretty, this pretty cool <laughs> how about you james I, th- I think you might be doing something a little bit more exciting <laughs> <laughs> well we, we've um uh, so we are hoping well i'm saying we're hoping we've kind of mostly booked it going to crete next month <gasps> Oh, lovely. So we had Umdenard. It's it's a kind of like, it's it's the horrible thing about working in travel and yeah. working with travel guides, etc. all yeah. the time. It's just having so much choice. And we Umdenard for ages. And then we decided we had such a great time in Santorini last year. It was the first time I, I used to do family holidays in the Greek islands all the time when I was yes. a kid. And um, yes. it's the first time I'd been back in ages. And I... I've never been to Crete. I've always wanted to see it. It's one mm. of the more, obviously, it's it's sizable. It's got lots going on. There's there's a lot of history and culture and stuff there. And we thought it just made made sense. So we're doing a lovely week there next month. And then exactly like you, I'm just really looking forward to a nice summer in London. Yeah. Um, I feel like people who don't necessarily live here or um, only see London for a couple of days when passing through or visiting, actually, you know, London really comes alive in the summer it's just um it's a totally different city to when it's gray and miserable um there's you know people out in the parks there's so much more green spaces it has a different vibe it just has a different feel about it It almost feels like a different city Um, it really is at its best in the summer so looking very much looking forward to that and hopefully do a couple of UK weekends and stuff try and get on the bike at some point as well that's the plan um so all very exciting lots to look forward to in summer 2023 so we have four brilliant guests should we get our first guest on Lucy let's do it yeah so we are going to be joined in a second by Rachel Laidler Okay, so joining us first is friend of the show. Uh, You guys will have heard her many times on these kinds of episodes before. It's project editor Rachel Laidler. So welcome back, Rachel. Thank you. It's lovely to be back and you can get to hear my dulcet tones again. (laughs) Exactly. What a a treat. (laughs) Rachel, we're really excited about your upcoming journey. I was in the office with you yesterday and you gave me a little sneak peek. But for listeners, tell us where and how you're travelling this summer. So essentially, I'm planning to head to Italy for a couple of weeks. And it's basically a journey of um, two parts. So the first week I'm going to be spending in um, around Florence area with my partner, Fraser. So, you know, we'll be like strolling across the Ponte Vecchio. We're going to be exploring the city's amazing art galleries, things like that. We might do a cheeky, cheeky side trip to Bologna Let's to see. go and basically eat our way around the yeah, city. Uh, Alla Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the second part so yeah it's like two week trip second week I'm going to be heading off on a bit of a solo trip so I'm going to take the train from Florence to Naples and go via Rome um and yeah it's actually a trip that's been a little bit inspired by um a plug coming up here we go um our lovely book Europe by Train um so that's basically a book that covers 50 incredible rail journeys around the continent so yeah it's given me a lot of inspiration nicely squeezed and... in there Rachel that was, uh... <laughs> thank you very much yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> seamless it was seamless it was absolutely seamless yeah and, and so tell us a little bit more about that train journey 
Yeah, so um, it's it's gonna. I'll start off um, in Florence. So I'll have kind of like explored the city then, and then it's not actually that far. Um, I don't think by train to get down to Rome. I think it's about an hour and a half, yeah. maybe two hours at most. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then when I'm in um, when I'm in Rome, I haven't been there for like I think it's ten years now. So I last went there when I was um, interrailing at uni, um, and I'm just yeah, I'm interested to see how the city's changed really, and just like meander around and maybe have an espresso uh, here or you know a bowl of pasta there. Eating is going to feature quite heavily on this trip <laughs> for right. me. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, from there, I'm going to go to um, to Naples um, and explore that city, which is going to be amazing, and perhaps head down the Amalfi Coast if, um, if I can manage it and, yeah, go to sites like Pompeii. Amazing, Rachel. Sounds like a great trip. Yeah, I'm so excited. Will you kind of rejoin with Fraser at the end of that then, or, or will you guys just fly back separately? Nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll leave him to his own devices. <laughs> what, so, yeah, you kind of mentioned about sort of Europe by train, but is this a sort of a journey that you've wanted to do for quite a long time? Um, I think the idea of doing a solo trip I think is something that I've wanted to do for a while. I've done I've done like a few of them, but never anything by train. Mm. So, yeah, and I mean I, I I just love Italy. I adore Italy. So the idea of getting to to explore it a little bit more. Um yeah, the two things kind of just like merged in my head and I was like this is going to be perfect. I'm with you, Rachel. Everybody who knows me knows I love Italy. What do you think it is about it that makes it such a because it's perennially popular. Everyone loves Italy. It never falls out of fashion. Yeah, I think it's like so many things. I mean, you've got, you know, these like amazing historic cities that are filled with incredible museums and art galleries and also have, yeah, incredible like foodie scenes. Um, But then it's the landscapes as well. I mean, everybody in the office knows because I bang on about it so much, but basically like how much I love the the Dolomites in Northern Italy. She's going to say Dolomites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to sneak it in there. Not going there on this trip. But um, yeah, I, I love, I absolutely love the Dolomites. But then, yeah, you've got like, You've got kind of like rolling vineyards and olive groves in Tuscany. Yeah. You've got, um, you know, like incredible lakes like Garda and Como. And mm. then, yeah, you've got even like volcanic landscapes around Naples yep. with um, Mount yeah. Etna. So yeah. it's just it's just such variety with it. And then, yeah, I, I know I've already mentioned the food, but obviously the, the food has got to feature so much. Yeah, <laughs> Something I kind of like that maybe when watching that Stanley Tucci documentary which is fantastic and, and obviously just makes you really hungry generally but yeah, all the time it is that kind of variety and actually like you know there are threads that kind of like you know join together like Italian cuisine but actually like that from place to place it really really differs and actually this trip sounds amazing just in terms of you get that kind of like you know start in Florence and then move on to eventually ending up with your pizzas and so mm. on in Naples like uh yeah I'm jealous exactly. of your stomach that's uh... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I think it's I think that's something that I I wasn't necessarily that aware of the regional mm. variety before I watched that program and I completely yeah. agree with you as well sometimes I watched that when I was eating my dinner and it didn't matter how much I ate for dinner I was always hungry afterwards <laughs> so um yeah I think it's it's definitely like whetted my appetite to 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 just go there and maybe be a bit more aware of the variety that's there in terms of the cuisine and in terms of the culture by region. So yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to to travel through a section mm. um, of Italy and see how it changes as I go. Is there a, 
a place that you're most excited about seeing? I think I think Rome, like I said before, just because um, I haven't been there for a while. Yeah. So, I, I mean, when I turned up there, I was a very like disheveled backpacker. So I'd like to be a little bit more elegant next time. <laughs> <I'm there. laughs> but we'll see if I can um, if I can make that happen. And then I th- I think like the um, the Amalfi Coast is another place I'd really love to go to. And I know there's only so far that I think you can get down by train yeah. and then you have mm. to like jump on a bus yes. um, to, to go around it. But yeah, just the idea of like traveling with like mountains and cliffs on one side and then the sea on the other and like dropping into all of these like beautiful, colorful villages along the way. Oh, it's going to be so dreamy. Why Why am I not there now? <laughs> <laughs> We're all asking that actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you mentioned um, about like kind of like being a disheveled backpacker, turning up yeah. in Rome beforehand and stuff. Obviously, you've been, you mentioned about interrailing before as well. Yeah. And so you, you do have experience of, of riding the rails, so to say. But what do you think will be different this time around? I think, I think it'll be different just because it is when I went interrailing last time, um, I did it with a friend. And so I think it's going to be interesting to do it just by myself as a solo trip. I think that brings with it its own kind of like um, challenges, I suppose. I mean, I'm I'm notorious for not having a sense of direction. So um, I'm going to have to have my phone with me at all times um, and, and make sure that the GPS is on. But I think, um, I think actually what I expected, I think it to be quite, I don't know why I assumed this, but almost like tricky to plan out the route. But then I think there are a lot of resources out there. I mean, there's a like fantastic Man and Seat 61, which provides yep. so much information on um, on train travel. Um, but also the, the actual interrailing website, they've got a really cool and handy um, visual map where you can plan your route down. So I think I was expecting it to be a bit of like a logistical nightmare almost, mm. like to to move from one place to another. But there's, there's so many resources out there that I think it's going to be, fingers crossed, I don't jinx it now, but that it's going to make, yeah, travelling that way like a breeze, hopefully. Rachel, that sounds absolutely incredible. We are, I think, all of us, including um, producer Julia, all incredibly jealous of that trip. <laughs> We're all looking very doughy-eyed as you talked about that. Thank you so much. I expect no to worries. see you back in the office uh, twice as big. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have a slice of pizza in hand at all times. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You must. You absolutely must. <laughs> Thanks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks, guys. 
So, first time guest to the podcast, welcome to editor Alex Pathé. Hello, thank you for having me on. (laughs) Great to have you on, Alex, finally. So excited to have you on here, thank you for coming on. I've been waiting for an invitation, I'm elated to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So Alex, you're going to tell us a little bit about how you plan to spend your summer. So, do you want to talk us through some of your amazing plans? Yeah, so I'm not going too far afield this summer. I'm going to be spending the vast majority of it in... um, Devon and Cornwall because for the past few years my dad mm. and I have been walking the Southwest Coast Path, oh, England's great. longest great. national trail. So we're about to complete the whole 630 miles. Um, oh. we, the, yeah, the trail starts in Minehead in Somerset. Mm. It passes yeah. through Exmoor, vast swathes of North Devon um, and then the whole of Cornwall before finishing in Poole in Dorset. But we've actually been walking it in a reverse direction. So I think we've got two more 20-mile legs left and then we're going to be finishing in Minehead later this summer. So it's going to be a cause for celebration. I'm really looking forward to that. Huge cause for celebration. That's a massive achievement as well. It's such a huge kind of like undertaking. How many years have you been doing it for? Well, it's interesting actually because my dad started it a good few years ago, maybe maybe even a decade ago with my granddad. Um, And then my granddad died two years ago and I've sort of taken up the mantle um, and I've been walking it with my dad. So it's become this lovely sort of multi-generational walking project. Um, And yeah, it's just been really lovely. I think we're going to feel simultaneously elated and slightly bereft when we finish it because it's been such a big part of our lives. Um, And I'm sort of planning to get a few of our relatives along on that last leg so that when we finish it, we'll raise a glass to my granddad because he would have loved to have finished it with us. Um, But yeah, that's going to be really lovely. That's really beautiful. Alex, have you read The Salt Path by Raina Wynn? I have. I love that book so much. We're, we're yeah, all Yeah, it's a wonderful that. book. And we've been very lucky. We had her on the podcast a few seasons ago. And, and she really captured the magic of the Southwest mm. Coast. And it sounds to me like you really feel that magic too, especially the sort of connection then with your family. It obviously is quite an emotional thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got such an attachment to the Southwest. And just the sheer variety of the landscapes and the terrain it's just amazing you know one minute you'll be walking along sort of golden sandy beaches then you'll be climbing a cliff into a sort of forested glade then you'll be in these picturesque fishing villages it's just yeah it's really really lovely that's cool a, that's a... Do, do you have a favorite stretch have you had a bit that's your favorite oh it's so hard to pick um <laughs> i think recently we've been doing a lot of north devon and actually some of the towns and villages in north devon have been so beautiful so most recently, we were in a little village called uh, Appledore, which is right on the River Torridge. Mm. And it was one of those sort of serendipitous travel moments where we arrived after a long day's walking. We got some chips. We tested out some of the local pubs because um, that's always been a big part of it. As much as we love the walking, it's always the like the pub at the kind end. of jubilation <laughs> when you finish. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. pubs at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can totally nice. see that. Um, yeah, the North, the North Devon bits are lovely as well. I've actually been to Appledore before. I've been to like Biddeford oh, nice. and stuff as well. But yeah, it's um, it's such a massive, I mean, it's 630 miles in total, isn't it? So yeah. it's a huge, huge undertaking. So much kind of variety there too. It, it's, exactly. It's such a fantastic thing to do. Congratulations on almost finishing it. Thank uh, you so much. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you all know when it's done. I think we're going to be fishing for... Um, another sort of long distance walking project after that so i'll be returning to the guidebooks looking for other great walking trails in in the uk have you got any ones in mind i would love to do um some walking in pembrokeshire because i haven't spent much time in pembrokeshire but Mm. that coast path in pembrokeshire i think is a strong contender for our next uh our next project good choice yeah that's a that's a a great choice and um i hear you've kind of got a a second trip potentially planned alex is that right yeah so we're going to be returning to cornwall i think this is actually in a couple of weeks time uh, with some friends we're going to be wild camping near pozef um and 
it's going to be my first time surfing. So I've spent so long walking along the Atlantic coast, but I've never actually come face to face with it. And this is going to be the moment where I uh, meet the waves on a board, which is actually making me quite nervous just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've always wanted to surf, but I've never quite galvanised myself into doing it. And this summer is going to be the first time I attempt it. I have a feeling that you're just going to take to it like a duck to water, genuinely, Alex. You strike me as the kind of guy who's just going to be a natural. I appreciate that, Lucy. Thank you. <laughs> just think of that as you're taking it I will. As as I'll be thinking about that, yeah. <laughs> I'm a natural. I can do this. <laughs> uh, so are you getting lessons? Are you properly, are you going to surf school and stuff? I, I don't know. I think we're going to, we're definitely going to rent a couple of boards. I've heard it on good authority that the waves around Polzeth are quite good for a beginner surfer. I don't think they ever get too monstrous. I think just the way that they're kind of sand dunes their work I mean the waves are quite small so mm. that makes me feel a little bit more confident um I think we might just sort of dabble without actually having any lessons which might be a bad idea but uh, <laughs> we'll give it a go <laughs> and then are you just staying in the UK Alex or do you have any other plans for sort of anywhere more far flung well late in the summer we're going to be going to Granada um in southern Spain um because I've been very keen to do a tapas tour of Granada for a long time yeah um, so I think we've definitely got that planned later in the summer. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. We've actually just had, we've just spoken to Rachel, who's been talking about going to Italy and eating her way around Italy. And now, Alex, you're talking about doing a tapas crawl. So I think we're all going to leave this absolutely ravenous. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> I can feel myself going hungry already. Yeah, it's, it's still quite a few hours to lunch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, what, what was it about Granada that particularly makes you want to do the tapas tour there? I've heard that um, Granada is one of these cities in Spain that still does tapas in its complete traditional way, in the yeah. way that you'll order a drink and whatever you order, the chef will just serve a dish with it. Um, yeah. And the best thing to do is almost not even to ask what you're eating, just to give get, to kind of consume what you're given, um, yeah. which just sounds beautiful. Yeah, I think that Granada just seems to be the place that does tapas so well. Um, and I think that tapas culture is just such an amazing thing for me. The idea of being able to just go order a drink and just kind of be served a dish. You're not quite sure what you're getting. Just sounds amazing. Totally. And how about any sites? Have you got any particular sites or things you want to do aside from then all the tapas? Yeah, so the, obviously there's the Alhambra, mm, um, the, of kind of, uh, oh, the Islamic fortress. I think just the, the city seems to be this beautiful blend of kind of Catholic and Islamic architecture, um, which is something you get so beautifully in southern Spain. But Granada, from looking at images of it, um, it seems like it's really unique. It doesn't really feel like any other city in Spain. Yeah. And there's also uh, there is an area, a neighbourhood... Um, where there are all these houses built into the cliffs and you can go and see like a beautiful flamenco show within these kind of caves in the cliffs. Um, I've seen a, yeah, Anthony Bourdain speaks very lovingly of Granada, which makes me think it's going to be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, definitely. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's no better advocate. So exactly, that all sounds it sounds like you've got an amazing summer planned, Alex. You really yeah, do. Yeah, you're putting us all to shame <laughs> for sure. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And now the sun's coming out in uh, in South London. I think it it feels like summer's here, which is great. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your travel plans with us, Alex. Um, look forward to hearing about all of those different adventures, and looking forward to seeing that moment where you guys fin across the cross the finish line on the southwest. Coast yeah, path. absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. With almost every corner of the continent connected by track, train travel in Europe has never been easier. While your endpoint may be one of the world's greatest cities, along your route is a cast of supporting destinations you may well have never thought to visit, but will be very glad you did. And that's what we want to encourage you to do in our brand new book, Europe by Train, a collection of 50 itineraries for the ultimate rail adventure. Get your copy wherever you get your books or find it via the link in our episode bio. 
to another Fresh Face, the podcast is our wonderful project editor, Tiana Todorinovich. Welcome, Tiana. Hello. Welcome, Tiana. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So great to have so like new voices on the podcast. And, totally, uh, yeah. And new experts too. And Tiana, like you joined DK last year, right? Yes. And I've heard a little bird has told me <laughs> that, that um, your first kind of major project was working on um, on like a local Rome. Um, yeah. And that might have inspired a bit of a trip. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, one of the first books that I was across was um, Rome Like a Local, um, which is coming out um, soon. Yes. And um, it inspired me to head over there really um, working on that. I mean, I was kind of reading about so many different exciting places that I just really wanted to go check it out. Um, so I planned a nice long weekend and headed over there. And I mean, there were so many um, hidden gems that I wanted to explore. And I have to say food spots were definitely the top of my list because it wasn't my yes. first time going to Rome. So I was like, right, this time it's all about food for me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I headed over to some places like, um, you know, some like famous bakeries and pizza places. And I mean, the really standout one for me was definitely the Forno Campo de Fiori, which it, like faces the kind of really bustling street market on the square. And there's these queues of people waiting for um, for pizza. Um, and it was just a really nice experience. I mean, it's so popular that it has two different shops and two different queues of people. So I was kind of standing behind this queue of like people on their lunch break from work and waiting to get my pizza. And the pizza was amazing. It was well worth the wait. Um, so. Good. <laughs> How did it feel kind of like, you know, piecing together all of those recommendations? Obviously, you work with like different local contributors on like a local too. And then actually kind of like seeing the places, did, did all of them live up to your expectations? Yeah, definitely. They definitely did. It was really nice to kind of see them come to life, I guess, and to have the experience yeah. that a lot of readers would have while kind of reading the books. It was kind of nice to to have that full circle kind of moment. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was just really nice to see what the different contributors had actually pulled out and picked out as places you know there's like everyone has different interests and different tastes as well so it was kind of really nice seeing that blend and getting that kind of really rounded experience and trying out all these different places that people enjoyed so it made it really special to know that it was recommended by people who were local as well which was really lovely yeah it's amazing which is obviously a wonderful plug for the whole series yes that's the whole (laughs) point isn't it Also, what Tiana's not mentioning is that while she was working on Rome like a local, she was also working on Eyewitness Rome, which is our really comprehensive, chunky guidebook, and Top 10 Rome. So we were astounded that we hadn't put Tiana off Rome altogether. (laughs) (laughs) But she is now our Rome expert. You are tied to Rome for the rest of your life. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm not complaining. You'll be the Rome expert. That's brilliant. I'm so glad we didn't put you off. And Rome like a local, it comes out later later in the year doesn't it yes in autumn yes i should know the date shouldn't i um, <laughs> <laughs> that's great and um yeah hopefully you can pass some of those recommendations on to rachel as well because she's obviously going there pretty soon too that's uh, right rachel laidler who we've just heard from who's doing an italian train trip um so yes Tiana, you and you have to take go out for lunch with rachel and give us some recommends yeah yes, yeah you definitely. are our rome guy now uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i know you've got more adventures planned for this year um so where's next yes so sticking to europe i'm going to be heading to naxos via santorini 
for the summer, which is I'm really excited about because I absolutely love Greece. So I can't wait. And why Santorini and Naxos? What's the what's the inspiration behind choosing those islands? Yeah, I mean, so obviously Santorini is just such an iconic spot, you know, like so many other people. I've just always wanted to see the classic blue domes and the white walls of the main island. Um, Also, interestingly, like before coming onto this podcast, I did a little bit of digging on it and I didn't realize that Santorini is the island that's associated to the legend of Atlantis. And as a kid, I absolutely loved Little Mermaid and all things underwater. So yeah, I'm so keen to go and see that now. (laughs) That's such a good tidbit. I didn't know that either. How cool. I mean, I went to Santorini last year and I didn't know that. So (laughs) clearly clearly not been reading the right stuff. Um, But you're so right, though. It's been a really trending destination over the last couple of years, but it's so beautiful. And the the kind of like the, the, the caldera and the kind of like, the the blue domes and stuff are are real and uh yeah it'll be amazing also with the caldera the kind of that kind of volcanic history and the kind of eruption that happened so many years ago and seeing the impact on the landscape and how it all looks as well as the kind of beautiful buildings it feels like it's quite different to the rest of some of the other greek islands or certainly yeah. the cyclades islands um so i'm kind of really curious to see that as well yeah they get their own kind of like temperature as well down there because they're slightly kind of remote and away from other ones so yeah there'll be a, a bit of a different kind of vibe to it it's almost a little bit windier in in quite a nice mm. way yeah, yeah. do you have any particular plans while you're out there tiana any sites you want to see or things you want to do Yeah, I mean, for Santorini specifically, um, I just really want to explore the main town, um, which I think is called Aya or Oya. Oya, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to see the buildings, obviously. And I'm mainly just really looking forward to having a sunset drink somewhere on the terrace, looking out onto the sea, just really enjoying the vibe and just soaking it all up um, in, really. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I want to see the caldera as well. And yeah, I'm really curious how that all looks, to be honest. I have no no concept of it at the moment. So it, it's, it's absolutely breathtaking. You're in for a real treat. And tell us a little bit about Naxos as well, because I don't really know very much about Naxos. So is that an easy-ish boat ride away from Santorini? Yeah, it's not too far. So actually, you know, flying into Santorini was a bit of convenience as well, because um, it is an easier way to get to Naxos um, rather than mm. flying direct. Um, so Naxos, I mean, I was just drawn to because it is a little bit more off the beaten track, which I always love. Um, and it's actually the largest of the Cyclades islands. Um, so it's really famous for kind of all the produce that it has. So, you know, it's full of olives and grapes mm. and lemons and oh, it has lovely. that kind of nature um, vibe. So I'm kind of, you know, I was just quite keen to go somewhere that was like kind of calmer, maybe fewer tourists and just really kind of enjoying the local offering, I guess, and the local spots. And that also has a town and beaches, but it's not too busy altogether. So that was kind of what drew me to, to Naxos. And I've had some friends who have gone and really enjoyed it as well. So yeah, I'm really, really keen to explore it a little bit. That's amazing. How wonderful. How about any other islands? Are there any others? You said you love Greece. Is there anywhere else you want to tick off in the in the future? Oh, yes. I mean, the dream is to spend time <laughs> island hopping, I think, which I've always wanted to do. But I want to do it in a kind of a slightly less glam way than like the classic like yacht experience. Like I want to, <laughs> yeah. not too much planning, just relying on the ferries and slowly getting my way <laughs> from one island nice. to another. Um, but some of the ones that I really want to see um, that I haven't seen yet are Kefalonia, 
and mm. Skopelos, I think it's pronounced as well. And not an island, but I'm desperate to go to Mount Olympus just because it's so iconic. Um, so. Sure. <laughs> cool. Sounds great. Well, I'm sure eventually, Tiana, you will go to all those places. Yeah, yeah. you'll tick, and it will be wonderful. Take them all off, and we should definitely get you working on the Greek island guides as well. <laughs> yes. yes, Rome in the Greek islands will be your destinations, Tiana. <laughs> That's for fine sure. with me. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing some of your plans with us today, Tiana. It was wonderful to have you on the pod. Thanks so much for having me. So introducing another newbie to the podcast, we have our wonderful editor, Charlie Baker. Welcome, Charlie. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's lovely to have you. Yeah, it's brilliant for you to join us. And um, you're going to talk a little bit differently about a recent trip that you've just made. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, so... Back in March, um, I was able to take 10 days off to uh, go to Slovenia and Croatia, uh, two countries I'd never been to. So I was really excited to to go somewhere new to start 2023. What made you choose Slovenia and Croatia? I confess I have been to Croatia. I've never been to Slovenia. I hear only amazing things about Slovenia. Mm. But what was it that sort of tempted you to go there? So I'm like you, I've never been to Slovenia, but I'd also never been to Croatia. Um, and I had friends who went to Slovenia back in the, the dark days, uh, pre-pandemic, and <laughs> and they came back raving, saying, you'll love this place, you sh- you've got to go, you've got to go. And whenever anyone says that, my cynical mind immediately says, mm, will I? Um, <laughs> but having looked into it and, and looking beyond, you know, the, the picture postcard, Lake Bled and, and things like that, I was like, oh, this, this does seem good. And, and it was just building up that knowledge and waiting for a time to go. And it got to a point where... At the start of this year, I just got, I, I had to go. Yeah. And so I, I mm. booked the trip, um, gave myself 10 days. Uh, initially, it was meant to be just Slovenia, but the more I looked at it, the more Croatia was right there. Yeah. So yeah. I just... I just thought, why not? Why not? Slovenia is quite an easy country to get across as well, isn't it? It's supposed mm. to be like two hours sort of like driving either side or something like that. Yeah. And that that was where the decision to hire a car came in for me, um, something I'd never done before. But I just thought, as, as you say, it's it's right there. It was two hours from Bled, where I was um, down through Croatia uh, to the Istrian uh, Peninsula. So I just went, yep, I'm, I'm doing that. And I'd never been to Croatia, so... It seemed like a good opportunity to dip my toe into it without going to somewhere like Dubrovnik or Split, one of those absolutely mega-packed tourist destinations. Was it Pula that you went to in Croatia? That's the main city in Istria, I think. Yeah, so I based myself there and then just went zigzagged up and down the coast. Oh, that oh, sounds wow. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a fourth interview now, and I'm, I'm just getting more and more envy about travel plans and stuff. <laughs> it sounds amazing. I mean, Charlie, I, actually, a couple of years ago, um, when we first started this podcast, I got asked by a journalist to sort of say where I wanted to go. I want to say in like 2021 and it was Slovenia and I did all this research and was like I'm gonna like be like in Slovenia and I've never done it I had that's my massive will. confession You'll to get there, I will there I will well, one one, J- one fine day James it, it took me four years because my race went in 2018 19 and I've uh, I only got there in 2023 so you have two more years there's hope for me yeah <laughs> and then that's it I can never go ever again but it's one of those places the more I was reading about it the more I wanted to go where you know there's an amazing kind of foodie scene as well I think they've got had a massive influx of like Michelin starred restaurants and lots of farm to table stuff Italian food I think in particular in Istria it's a big Italian influence oh yeah in Croatia yes all that area was at one point 
Italy. Oh, it's、right. changed one of those things where it's changed hands、mm. many, many times.、So、there's loads of Italian influence, lots of olive oil, lots of truffle in that、mm. in that area, which obviously is a big selling point. But Slovenia is the same. The more you go towards Italy, the more Italian it gets, and the more you go towards Austria, the more sort of Austrian it gets as well. Lovely. How did, how did you find the driving? How did you find the kind of the moving between places? Was was it challenging at all? You said it's the first time you've done it. Yeah, that was slightly terrifying、uh, <laughs> to begin with.、Um, <clears throat> like I said, the first time I'd done it, so everything is counterintuitive. The wheels on the wrong side, you're driving on the wrong side, and、mm-hmm. the gear st- the gear stick was the biggest one. Like. When you spend so long just changing it automatically with your left hand, the amount、yeah. of times I went to like open the window <laughs> instead of change gear as I went with my left hand. Oh yeah. god, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, like you have to retrain your brain、yes. to to do it right hand, and I, I got used to it, but it's、mm. it was never natural. It was never like it was always like where's third? Oh god, where's third?、Yeah. Am I right in thinking, Charlie, that you did the trip solo as well? Yeah, yeah. How did, did you how did you find that? So I've travelled a bunch by myself before, so that doesn't faze me. It almost like lends itself to my introverted personality, where I can just be with myself and my own thoughts in the echo chamber of hell.、Um, <laughs> but nice you know, soul, Charlie. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I think solo travel is the best way to understand what kind of traveller you actually are. Yeah.、Um, okay. Just because. You don't have to accommodate anyone else's traveling desires or wants, and and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just you're only doing it in a, the most in the nicest possible way, but it's very selfish. Yeah. So it's just it's just、mm. you, and so when you do travel with other people, you have a far better understanding of what kind of traveler you are and what things you want to see. So I think in the long term, it's actually good. Even though it can be very a very selfish pursuit to begin with. And how how much did you kind of plan beforehand? Did you because you were obviously travelling through and 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 doing a bit of a road trip, or or did you slightly freestyle it as you say? Like were you kind of a, a bit selfish and kind of like just checking your own vibe and what you wanted to do at that time? <laughs> if that makes sense. It was a bit like that, like a bit. <laughs> what do I fancy? But in、yeah. March it was it was still quite cold and quite snowy,、mm-hmm. so a lot of the. Higher roads up towards Austria were still very snow covered, so that was kind of dictating as well where I wanted to go、um, mm. in terms of dry. As I say, driving on the in a new car in a new environment, maybe snow roads wouldn't be the best idea ever. So I avoided those, and and that kind of dictated the beginning of my trip. But once I got used to it,、um, I just went with what I fancied. To be honest, as you say, yeah. But- It's a really nice approach to traveling in a way of like not having a plan necessarily. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely done my research on things, but once there, that can all kind of go out the window. Some days, some days you just feel, don't feel up to what you planned. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to ask finally, Charlie, what were some of your sort of absolute highlights from the trip? So, I guess one from each country.、Um, Slovenia was definitely walking around Lake Bled at dawn. Um, it's it's a very picture postcard, obviously famous destination, and it, you can feel like you're drowning in the crowds a bit. But I got up at dawn and just took myself off around the lake. And there's these three viewpoints around the far side of the lake,、um, which are a little hike up. Okay.、Um, and they overlook the lake and the sunrise behind it, which comes up over the snowy mountains. And fortunately, I just had a clear day, and I didn't see a, I didn't see another soul. 
and it was oh, it was lovely. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and that was that just really good. ideal, especially in a destination like that where he's packed and it's nice yeah. to find your peace. And yeah. then Croatia, there's this place called Cape Kamenjak. Okay. I think the J is silent, which is just south of Pula, which is mm. this um, nature reserve um, on this very rugged uh, coastline, which just has all these amazing walking trails, cycling trails, and you can just lose yourself in a whole afternoon just walking through it. And it was one of the most beautiful, beautiful places, and especially in the late afternoon when you've got the sun setting over the sea, and it was all very peaceful and yeah, it was a wonderful experience just to take yourself out of the city and to experience this place where it's clearly well known to Croatians, but I don't think it's well known no. internationally at all. No. What a wonderful end to all of our conversations, actually. And I love the fact you sun, sunrise in yeah. Slovenia, sunset yep. in Croatia. It's the perfect bookend. That was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a really great narrative arc, Charlie. I thought you were just... <laughs> I wish I'd thought of it before. Adding your editorial skill to the podcast. Absolutely. But no, as Lucy said, it's a, it's a great way to end this kind of like this omnibus episode of, of looking at various trips that our team have taken. So thank you so much, Charlie. That was, uh, that was brilliant and great to have you on the podcast for the first time yeah, as welcome. well. Yeah, welcome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, really enjoyed it. So what, what a lovely episode. Isn't it great to have the team back on? Yeah, I just really enjoy these episodes. I do, even though we speak to these people every day. It's yeah. so nice to, I don't know, properly sit down and hear about their travels that's right and i mean it was quite a europe fo- european it focused was. one this time yeah. i think um i guess maybe we're still getting back out there to traveling a little bit further but a really nice range of destinations i thought totally and also i guess you know we're all thinking about traveling responsibly and thinking of rachel for example mm. with her you know um train adventures through italy alex is you know traveling by foot um it's very much in keeping with this yeah. season's overarching message absolutely absolutely so um yeah we hope you you enjoyed those a big thank you to all of our guests today um it's been wonderful to have you on the on the podcast so massive thanks to charlie to tiana to alex and to rachel and we'll be back in a fortnight do you know where we're going lucy i do i'm super excited about this episode we are off to vienna with Mm. adia trishler who will be a fantastic guest i'm sure yeah, Adia does some uh, amazing things um, on YouTube, uh, some like really br- brilliant videos around Vienna. So she will have a lot to say, I'm sure. It's an amazing city as well and quite cool. It's kind yeah. of the centre of bohemian and artistic kind of culture in, in Europe. So I think that's going to be a smashing episode. Do join us for that in a fortnight's time. And until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we shall see you very soon. Where to Go is a podcast from DK Witness. It was produced by Julia Baker, presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson with the help of Bella Talbot. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please like and follow the show. And if you have time, leave a review. Your support means so much to us. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.